This reading's taken from chapter, Acts, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. In my former book, and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Thanks be to God. I enjoyed that. That was read with a sense of urgency, wasn't it? <laughs> eh? and, and I think that sets the tone for it. God our Father, Jesus our Saviour, send your Holy Spirit upon your living word now. Speak into our innermost beings, our souls, and inspire us with the challenge of the truth of your word that we might be obedient and fruitful in your service. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. It's a promise. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's a bit overwhelming, isn't it? Huh? So what's this all about? Well, we're told that Jesus, who did and taught, revealed this to them in the Acts. And those are the people you should always listen to as Christians people who do and teach. Do not submit yourselves to teachers who don't do. There's a lot of them about. Don't do as I do, do as I say, and they teach. No. Jesus led by example. He asked us to do nothing he didn't do himself. And he did it in such an inspirational way that people have flocked to follow him ever since. 
And that's an important ingredient in church leadership. He revealed himself to many and convinced them that he was alive. And he gave them a promise. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now they understood a bit of this because already something rather wonderful had happened to them. Because in John's Gospel it tells us before he said this, he breathed on them. This is something we can miss sometimes, isn't it? A lady was deeply blessed in the nine o'clock service this morning. Her testimony was wonderful. God breathed on her. It's, it's, it's a precious experience. You've ever had this? You've ever been laying in bed at night and you can't toss and you're tossing and turning and you're trying to pray and your prayers aren't sort of getting through. You're a bit muddled and suddenly the answer comes and these can be precious, precious moments. Have you ever had moments like that? Have you ever had moments when you were filled with the Holy Spirit? Is that really for each one of us today or was this just something for the Acts of the Apostles? Well, let's read on. Having breathed on them, having told them that something better was coming, the Holy Spirit was going to minister through them as witnesses, they promptly got it a bit wrong. Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And very often, you know, when we hear the word of God, our minds are so beset with the local problems of the time and of this world that sometimes we only hear with half an ear, don't we? And they were hearing with half an ear. Because the big problem, if you were going to be a witness at this time, was that there was a horrible Roman Empire governing the whole thing. Could we not be set free first, Lord, and then we can do the job properly? But that's not the way of it. And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times. That was a mercy, wasn't it? Because you and I know the time, don't we? Don't we? Yes, we do. I saw the Israel restored in my lifetime in 1948. I saw it happen. A nation born in a day. Who have heard such a thing, it says. But they would not have been encouraged at the time, would they, if he said, I'm going to answer your prayers, but it's in 1,930 years' time. I think we might have lost patience, mightn't we? So it's not given to us to know everything. But what it is given to us to know is this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He gave them a mission statement. This is the very first mission statement that there ever was. So we're following in a good tradition, having one, aren't we? But just listen to it and try and put yourself in their position. There are only 11 of them. 
One of them had gone sour and betrayed. They're in Jerusalem with a horrible Pontius Pilate. Secret police everywhere. Ghastly. And Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. And he gives them a progressive list. And this is the way we should be following now. This is a progressive list. It's a step-by-step forward in increasing ministry. That's what this document we've got as a church is all about. And the progressive list is this. Firstly, you will witness where you are. Don't expect God to send you to the mission field if you're not witnessing where you are already. He's not interested. You start where you are. And where are you? You're a member of a family. You're a member of a local community. You live in a road. It spreads out, doesn't it, from there. That's where you begin. Share your faith. Share the fact that you have met with Jesus Christ personally and want to share the truth of his love with them. That's where you begin. And then you go to Judea. They would have welcomed that. That's the nice friendly area around about. The rest of Shrewsbury where people are very like us. Spread it out a bit. They didn't like the next bit. Then Samaria. Oh my goodness. They had problems enough in Samaria with a woman and a well. Jesus was really stepping out of line there. I seem to remember them thinking. Because that's where the ten glorious tribes were. They'd been taken into exile and they never returned. And all those people that speak different languages and are different colours to us had come in. Not to them, surely. Oh, yes. Because they're as precious in God's sight as you are. Don't forget it. And when you've done that, just go to the ends of the earth. I love it when the Holy Spirit moves upon a congregation and upon a sermon and upon a message. And I love it when I'm preparing the message when God says, I confirm that. I confirm that in wonderful ways. And I've got something to say to you now which I hope will encourage you. As I was preparing this message, my phone went. Oh, telephone. And it was Dr. Yuri Martin from the Ukraine. Mike, Mike, me and my wife, Dr. Dr. Marta, we ring you, we give you greetings, we give you love. Thank you. Please, please, when are you next preaching in Christchurch? This Sunday. Oh, please give them my love for me and my wife. We found Jesus while we were amongst you. How did, it, how did that happen? I thought, oh. Oh. <laughs> and then the letters came through, the letter came through the letterbox. Czech Republic, the Reverend Dr. Peter Samala. 
Mike, you know I've just qualified. I've got my degree. I want to thank you and the people of Baston Hill and the American missionaries who worked with me that I found Christ through mission. And I've now studied and I'm now a pastor. Please, please pray for me and support me as I go forth. And God really did a great work in that young man when he was here just for a fortnight amongst us. You don't realise how powerful this can be. It's, it's awesome. This is how it's meant to be. You're meant to be getting a bit excited about this thought. So we've got, we've got the drill. But how do we witness? Do we talk to people about God? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I'm going to give you an illustration, and this has happened to me several times, but I'm going to change it to Baston Hill, just to make it sort of fit. All right? and you know I preach all over the place. I have to tell you this, that Christians are absolutely appalling at giving directions to their churches. You are the visiting preacher, you are driving there with earnestness, you have a message, and you're coming to Christ Church based on hill. So you turn off the bypass and you rush up the hill and, ah, oh, I can see it, the church is there on the left-hand side. And you turn into the old village of Basin Hill and it's dead. It's a it's a dwelling house. Ah, and the local walks by. Excuse me, can you turn me the way to Christchurch Baston Hill, please? Ah, I jolly well can't. No, that was my church. I went there faithfully once every Christmas. And uh, that lot over there came and built a big estate and they closed my church. I've never forgiven them. I said, well, I'm sorry, but I need to find it. I'm preaching there this Sunday. Oh, well, there's two churches there. Now, mate, I'm not sure which one's which. One's, I think, called a a Methodist church. I I heard tell that they drink methylated spirits in their communion wine. That's why they're Methodists. I I don't know the truth of that or not, but, um, you know. And the other ones, I think they call them Anglicans. Um, and they live in a funny road called Glebe Road or Glebe or something. I don't know what that means. But, uh, yeah, lots of people go there. They're fairly well off because there's lots of cars. You can't miss it. It's on the left. It looks like a barn. Huh? Have we got it? Now, turn your television on. Watch one of those moving programs where Ethel and Doris, who love their mum very much indeed, she's been a wonderful mum, so they've sent her away on holiday for a, for a day, and while they're there, a team comes in and rebuilds the house, the garden. They do the lot. And she comes back totally unexpected to all this, and what do they all say? My God! My God, don't they? My God. 
Now, this is going to sound a bit irreverent, but on several occasions as I've arrested someone and I've caught them in the act and I've come up behind them and I've got them, Christ Almighty! Everybody has a God. What about the atheists, Mike? Their God is the God of atheism. Everybody has a God. So just talking about God can be extremely misleading because you know who you're talking about, but they, they may have a completely different concept. And it's not the way to witness. There's only one way to witness, and that's to bring Jesus into it. And that makes it crystal clear. There is one obstacle in that, in that the whole of Islam will meet you on that one as well a bit, so you have to clarify that he's not just a rather special person, he is the Son of God. And there isn't any other way to lead anyone to Jesus. It's absolutely crystal clear. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We are so politically correct these days, aren't we? If you study your Bible from beginning to end, you will see that God created us with souls as living beings. And search it though you will, you will find that at the end of life there are only two possibilities as to where you might go. And one's very nice and one is not nice at all. And if we found the way to the nice one, shouldn't we be telling the others who don't know it yet? Of course we should. It's much more urgent. We live in a world that's ganging up on us at the moment, don't we? Don't wear the cross to work. Hmm? What a load of rubbish in this country. How dare they say that? Every police officer, every member of the armed services wears the cross. It's on top of their cap badge. And long may it be there. And let's make sure it does. Let's not get politically correct as Christians. Here's my mission statement. Oh, it's a bit different now, isn't it? I've, I, ha I have made some additions because I tell you this, and I know this was written with all sincerity, and I agree with the whole pattern of the thing, and I agree with it, but when I first read it, a little bell rang in my head because not once did I find the name of Jesus in this document. Now, I know that it's all there, really, but let's not be politically correct. So I have prayed over this document and I've made my little additions as God has led me by his spirit. And I would urge you to do the same. You see, this is not just a piece of paper, it's a mission map, it's a statement, it's something for finding the way. And we all want to get there, so read it. 
and see what God says to you about it as to what he wants you to do in it. It's a, it's a responsibility, this is. So my mission map says, loving God, living his adventure. And over the top I put, Jesus said, I will build my church. And how does he do it? Through my witness. Wow, I think that's exciting. So I've written for all of us, Holy Spirit, use us in that. Use us. And then I got into the detail of page one. And I found, so I put, Jesus, my Saviour. Jesus, our Saviour. Holy Spirit, fill us to overflowing with the love of Jesus. Whee! And then we get on to growing the church. And I put, Jesus is Lord. Holy Spirit, anoint our worship and our ministry. Jesus is the way. Holy Spirit, pour your love through us. Jesus, send us out. Lord Jesus, help us in our witness. Overcome our fears. Oh, I have desperate problems with fears. I get scared stiff in witness sometimes. I have to look up and say, Lord, please give me courage. We're just talking about God. Help me to bring Jesus into this. And suddenly it comes and suddenly they listen. Forgive my unbelief. Give me courage. He said, well, I've already promised you that, Mike. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So let's think about that just for a moment in an Anglican setting. Jesus breathed on them. Jesus said there's more than that. You're going to be baptised, immersed. Paul the Apostle comes along later and says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord in every language imaginable. And the word there is, be maintained continually full of the Holy Spirit, present continuous. And I, f I confess, that's not me. Ask my wife, I'm not permanently filled. I, I, I have moments when I need refilling. And as I prepared this message and the phone went and the letters came, I was refilled. So I have something to give you this morning, something to share with you. And in the Anglican setup, when I first was converted at the age of 19 and ended up in this evangelical Anglican church, they discovered to their horror this baby hadn't been done. So I got sprinkled as one of riper years at 19. And then I, the vicar came to me and said, I want to put you in charge of the youth group, but I can't do that because you haven't been confirmed. You've got to be confirmed. And we can't get a confirmation service. So I've rung up the Anglo-Catholic Church down the road and I'm going to take you and speak on your behalf to the bishop at their confirmation service and you're going to be done. But don't expect anything. I said, pardon? Well, the bishop doesn't know the Lord. He's not born again. So he said, don't bow to him because I won't. Said, what is it? What a, how about this? 
So I go off. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've already been filled with the spirit of the meeting. A lady in, in a, a Pentecostal church had come and preached in a mission I had in the army. And I was already filled with the spirit. And something very, very funny happened at my confirmation. Because I knelt before the bishop, he laid his hands on me and his hands hurt. He took them off quick. It, the power went the other way. So, let's get this right. Confirmation is a terrific thing with the right bishop. And I have to say this emphatically, you've got the right bishop here. He's okay. You can go forward to him. You can get filled with the Spirit. Now, if you've got any doubts about being filled with the Spirit, see Tim and let's get this confirmation business going. Now, if you've already been confirmed and you've still got problems, you might need a bit of help. And there's freedom in Christ sitting here that could help you with that. Yeah? We're here to help each other, serve each other, encourage each other. We all, sometimes we get, we get stuck. Let's, let's get unstuck. Alternatively, you might get unstuck this morning in this service. Because God's on his living word. And Jesus can do it for you. He's up there in heaven now, sitting on the right hand of the throne. God, a wonderful, loving, heavenly Father. I, I prefer to think of him as, as that. And the Holy Spirit's flowing down and is willing to come into the heart of anyone who opens their heart. Who to? Not the Holy Spirit, but to Jesus. Jesus, I want you as my Lord, my Saviour. I give my life and heart to you. Come in, Lord Jesus. And in he comes. And you feel so different. And then you realise your obligation. Oh, I've got to tell my brother about this. I've got to tell my mum about this. I've got to tell my dad about this. I've got to tell my... And you suddenly, I'm the most insignificant of preachers. There's a globe back there. And I look at the bit of the world that God has called me to and you can hardly see it on the globe. It's a speck. The Shetland Islands, you, <laughs> it hardly exists. But it's precious to me. And I love those people and those remote islands with all my heart. And surprise, surprise, the Christians there love me. What a family. What a blessing. What a ministry. What will you do about it? Who are you going to tell? Who next? May God give you guidance and take you out from this place in his love that you might lead others to him. Amen.